The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name is Les. I'm your host. I appreciate you tapping in. So all month long, we have talked about different areas of life that we can be successful in. I started off the month talking about my successful era and what I'm really focusing on this year. We talked to Brooke DeVard about navigating pivots in your career and really leaning into creativity. We talked about finding success in dating. We talked about getting your money right. So I'm here to wrap it all up with a solo episode, just giving you a little bit of an update on how my successful era is going and then answering your questions related to your successful eras and the different things that you are working on. So I don't know about you, but 2024 has gotten off to kind of a weird, kind of slow start. The very first week of the year, I got super sick, had like the flu or something COVID, I don't know what I had, but I was very, very sick, didn't really do much. And I had the best of intentions to hit the ground running at the beginning of the year, like January 2nd, which I think was the first real work day of the year. It was like I woke up early. I went to the gym. I was super productive. I was checking things off my to-do list. And then by midday, January 2nd, I started feeling a tickle in my throat. And by the end of the day, it was it was over. It was a wrap. And I was down, <laughs> down for the count for like a week after that. But the good thing that came out of that was it did give me a little bit more time to rest and be more intentional than I think I would have been if I would have just hit the ground running doing all of the things that I intended to do. So I got to think a little bit more about the ways that I'm spending my time. I got to settle into my space a little bit more. If you were following me last year, then you may know that I was traveling a ton and that I finally just got my own place and I'm getting settled and I finally have like a place to live and my own stuff after so long of being in transition. So it did give me some time to really settle in that and to not just immediately start the year off by working myself into the ground. And so it gave me a lot of time to be silent, to be still, to rest, to reflect. It actually really helped my sleep routine as my sleep has been on point lately. And I think it's just because I've needed extra rest after getting over being sick. And so I've just been really listening to my body, focusing on my night routine, sleeping a lot, paying a lot of attention to my different wellness stats in that area. And it's just been, it's been really helpful. And it, it was a slower start to the year. It was not how I intended to start the year, but I do think it was what I needed. And so now as I continue navigating my successful era, it's a lot less about the things that I'm doing and continuing to really focus on how I show up and continuing to pour into myself in ways that help me show up effectively. And I almost fell into the trap of doing all of the things. And my body knew right when to slow me down so that I could be a little bit more intentional and focus more on my habits and my rest and just where I'm directing my attention. And I've talked to a lot of people who have felt the same way. It was like all of us kind of started the year off maybe down horrendous that first week. January got off to a slow start and we're slowly getting into the groove of things. And I think that that's okay. I think it's okay to get off to a little bit of a slower start. This episode is coming out at the very end of January. And even if you don't feel like you've had that new year, new you feeling yet, it's okay. You still have a whole year ahead of you. You have so much time. You have so much space. Also, as we get closer to spring, spring is really the season of new beginnings. And so if that time is more energizing to you to really focus on whether it's your goals, your intentions, those characteristics you want to embody, like we talked about on the podcast earlier this month, it is absolutely okay to do that in February, March, April, anytime. It's never a bad time to focus on yourself. It's never a bad time to take care of yourself. And so that has really been my big learning in this current season of my part of the successful era. And I'm really excited to get into some of your questions today. Y'all sent in some really, really good ones. But before we did, I thought it would be fun to run down my weekly report. It's something that I've done on TikTok. It's been a TikTok trend for a little while. I've put it in my newsletter. So it's where I talk about what I'm reading, what I'm eating, something that I'm playing with, something that I'm obsessed with, something that I'm recommending, and something that I'm treating myself to. So this week, what I've been reading, two books 
If you follow me on TikTok or Instagram, you know that my reading routine is the self-help girly in the morning and then the fun little novel at night. That is what I like. So I read my productivity, my self-help, my educational books in the morning during my morning routine. And then at night, I read my romance novels and I get into a juicy little story. It's like my substitute for watching TV because watching TV doesn't hold my attention very well, but books hold my attention very well. So I'm currently reading The 5 a.m. Club from my, you know, self-help girly book, which that book is very different than how I thought it was going to be. The way that the book is written and it's more of a story, I thought that it was just going to be a straight up self-help book. And it's got some interesting characters. It's just written very different than how I thought it would be. But that's my morning read. And then my evening read that I've been reading. And I have to say, Lucky Girl Syndrome because I got an advanced copy of This Could Be Us by Kennedy Ryan. Uh, If you're not familiar with Kennedy Ryan's writing, you should be, because she is the author of Before I Let Go, which was a really, really popular novel that I know I've raved about. So much of the book talk girlies have raved about. It's a great book. So This Could Be Us is the next book in that series. It actually comes out in March, so I won't go too much into it. We'll talk about it when when we get a little closer to the release of that book. But I got an advanced copy and it's so good. It is such a good read and a great continuation of the story. Okay, what I'm eating. So my budget is, it's it's tight. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> my budget is tight these days. I'm having to be really, really mindful of my money because I've just had some personal changes going on that have required me to be really mindful of my budget. So I got food at home. I have been in the kitchen at home, meal prepping on Sundays and eating that same food for the rest of the week. So because it's winter, it's cold. I've been very into my soups, making a big batch of soup at the beginning of the week, eating it for the rest of the week. And it has really helped me stay on budget with my food because soups are usually pretty cost effective. I got a couple of cookbooks. And so I've just been making like my big batches of soup from my cookbooks. And it's not glamorous. It's not flashy. It's not super photogenic for Instagram. But listen, I got to do what I got to do to save my coins. So that's what I've been eating. Something that I've been playing with. I've actually been playing with my hair. You may not be able to tell if you're watching this on video because it looks exactly like how it's always looked. But earlier this week, I actually did a little heatless curl situation. So when it was wash day, instead of just blow drying and flat ironing my hair like I usually do, I blew it out and then I used my leggings to do a heatless curl situation. And it actually turned out really cute. It had some good movement. It had some body. It didn't really hold up long term. Basically, I went outside and the elements said, girl, please do something. So I did end up flat ironing it. But it was kind of a cute little look because I do want to wean off of using as much heat. I would love to get back to having my natural hair this summer. We'll see if how that goes. I need I need a pretty generous haircut. But I've been playing with ways to use a little bit less heat on my hair and go longer in between each flat iron session so that I can hopefully get my hair back healthy. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> now, something else that I have been obsessed with is my night routine and I have gotten very, very specific about my night routine and the ways that I get ready for bed. And I've actually been putting a lot more work and emphasis into my night routine than I have in my morning routine. Like I said, when I got sick, I was just sleeping a lot and I was resting a lot. And even though I didn't physically feel great, it did really show me how important it was to be more rested. And so I'm focusing a lot more on improving my sleep. For Christmas, I did get a hatch alarm clock. And so that has been really helpful for helping me craft a night routine because it has an alarm that goes off in the evening that reminds me when it's time to get ready for bed, when it's time to lay down and read, and then when it's time to go fully lights off, book down, phone down. And that has been so helpful in helping me have a good night routine. So I've been getting ready for bed so early. I've been going to bed really early and it's been kind of nice because it's winter, it's dark, it's cold early, and I've just been feeling a lot more rested. So I'm definitely obsessing over my night routine. And what I'm recommending is that you create a routine that works well for you. So even though, you know, I have maybe some fancy wellness things like a hatch alarm clock, or I have my aura ring to track my sleep. Those things aren't necessary. What is necessary is getting the rest that you need. And the other thing that I really, really love and that I do recommend because it's very inexpensive and has 
actually changed my life is I like using a little salt lamp nightlight in my bathroom. So when I'm getting ready for bed at night, I'm taking my shower, I'm doing my skincare. I don't have the harsh bathroom light on because it's just bright and it's doing way too much. I will instead light a candle, I'll turn on some music, and then I'll use my little salt lamp nightlight that has this really beautiful glow while I'm showering, while I'm doing my skincare, and it's way more relaxing. And that has also been helping my night routine. So definitely my recommendation is getting a salt lamp nightlight, putting it in your bathroom because it's just, it's delicious. It's super luxurious and it just makes all the difference. And, you know, I will say I have not been treating myself to anything (laughs) this week. I've just, like I said, I've been very mindful of my budget. So I've been in the house. I have been eating at home. I've been shopping in my closet. I haven't really been craving like sugar or sweets or anything like that. So I don't really have anything like that on hand. I've just been kind of following following my routines. And I have some weeks where I'm super on, some weeks where I'm less on. And lately, it just has felt good to be on. And I know I actually do have a question submitted from someone about that, about when to be on versus not. But I, don't, I haven't really been treating myself to anything this week. I've been really trying to save money and just keep it keep it in the house this week who knows I could be treating myself to something by next week because it my feelings change every time I blink but for now (laughs) I haven't been treating myself too much If you listen to this show, you know that I'm a huge advocate for financial wellness. And a big part of that is understanding what's going on with your finances. At the beginning of the year, I switched to using Rocket Money to help me manage my budget and it has saved me a ton and I'm just feeling so much better about my money. For so long, I felt like money was flying out of my account and I wanted to have a better idea of where it was going. I realized I actually had so many subscriptions for random things, streaming services that I wasn't watching, apps that I wasn't using, delivery services that just weren't worth it. The list goes on and on. So I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, which was very eye-opening. And I actually had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore, which was so much easier than trying to figure out how to cancel on all these different websites or calling customer service, getting the runaround, trying to cancel. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. So when I log in, I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it in a tap and never have to get on the phone with customer service. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash balanced less. That's rocketmoney.com slash balanced less. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash balanced less. My secret to having good style without breaking my budget is renting from Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Renting from Newly lets me switch up my wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Every month, I rent six items from Newly's shared closet of over 17,000 styles with inclusive sizes. I love it for special occasions or when I'm going to be traveling and want to try new pieces that I know I'll only wear once without buying them. With Newly, I love that I get to try out trending styles, colors, and silhouettes, and then send them back for something new. Newly takes care of everything from shipping to laundry. I can even pause without paying a fee if I need to take a break for any reason. Newly offers some of my favorite brands like Free People, Anthropology, A Goldie, and more, and subscribing to Newly has saved me so much money. So instead of spending hundreds on new clothes each month, I just try six new pieces, perfect for whatever is on my schedule, and then I swap them out for something different. It's more sustainable, super flexible without any hidden fees, and has made getting dressed so much more fun. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. Plus, right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BALANCEDLESS20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code 
Balanced Less 20, B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-L-E-S-2-0, and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, the code Balanced Less 20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. A lot of you have been really into the idea of the successful era ever since I introduced the concept last fall. And so I thought that it would be really fun for this round of our Q&A where y'all submit questions to have them be related to your successful eras. So things that you need help with when it comes to routines or the different ways that you are leveling up. We got some really fantastic questions. So I am excited to dive into them. Okay, so the first question says, I've been doing a lot of self-work and healing, which has led to so much growth that I'm extremely grateful for personally, but I'm finding myself in a place of dissatisfaction with the people, places, and things that are aligned to the old me, so to speak. Would love your thoughts on getting through the misalignment phase of evolving. I think this is a really great question. And I think that it's really natural when you start changing your perspective, when you start changing your habits, you just start to see things differently. Maybe you see people differently. Maybe you see things that you used to do differently and things that used to be important to you may not feel as important to you. And I think that it's okay to honor that and to be honest about that because we're changing all the time. Even when we're not in seasons of our successful eras or leveling up, we're still constantly changing all of the time. And so I think it's okay to be honest about when some things are no longer aligned or calling to you. Where I think it is a slippery slope is when we begin thinking that we are better than those things that we are no longer aligned to. And there is a very big difference between something just not connecting and feeling like we are above it. And so I think that you want to be really mindful of, yes, you are on this evolution, you are on this path, you are focusing on different things, different things are calling to you. It is not better. Those old things are not worse. That's just where you're at right now. And if it means that you change up your environment a little bit, maybe not pick up and move. I know not everybody likes to pick up and move as often as I do, but whether that is changing the route that you take each day or maybe changing a little something in your home to kind of upgrade your environment to feel more aligned to you or going to different types of events to try to also connect with like-minded people, I really recommend that you focus on adding things to your life that feel in alignment with you instead of feeling like you need to cut out those things that maybe no longer align with you. So focus more on adding as opposed to taking away because I think that that's going to be just a more human down-to-earth way to honor your own evolution as opposed to feeling like, well, I just don't do this anymore. I just don't talk to these people anymore. I don't do that. Sometimes that can be warranted, but also sometimes it's it's okay to to honor your new self and to honor your old self without feeling like your old self, your old priorities, the things that you used to care about are bad or are less than because they're not. They're just different and you're in a different space. So I would say continue holding space for where you're at right now. Look for ways to add things to your life that feel aligned with where you are now. Honor what is no longer aligned and let it be. Again, it's neutral. It's not worse that old stuff, your new stuff isn't better. And it's okay to hold space for, for all of it and begin to prioritize what feels more important to you. Okay, next question. And this is going to be kind of, these two questions are really similar. So I'm glad that I'm kind of answering them back to back. So this person says, I love your show. Your podcast has helped me navigate this crazy thing called life. Thank you so much for that. I'm so glad it's been helpful. She says, I'm in a transitional period where I feel like my mind, body, and soul are changing for the better. In this journey of mine, I'm starting to see that some of my friends are on board with the changes I am making and some are not. I'm seeing how some friends are a little more distant than usual and not interested in hearing about the changes I'm making. How do I deal with these people? Am I outgrowing them? Also, I'm starting to make connections and get into my dream career in filmmaking, acting, and media. 
I'm at the point in my life where I want to be happy and work on my craft. I am still working my nine to five government job. And do you have any tips on how to juggle the two and how to maintain sane or how to remain sane while doing so? Absolutely. Okay. There's a couple of different questions here. So I'm going to refer back to them just so that I make sure that we cover these different things because your first part similar to the first question was talking about how you are really prioritizing yourself. You're making these changes in your life and you have some friends who are just not vibing with it. And the first thing that I have to say to that is that is okay. All of these things that you're doing or all of these different journeys that we're on, we're on our own journeys. And sometimes our journeys are going to align with our friends and sometimes they're not. And if you have a season where you're focusing on things that your friends are just not interested in right now, that is okay. If you're familiar with Mel Robbins, great, great speaker, creator, she has something called the let them theory. And the let them theory is basically just like you got to let people do whatever it is that they're going to do. So if they're uninterested in the changes that you're making in your life, or if they want to create some distance because maybe they feel like they can't relate to the things that you're doing, you just have to let them and vice versa. They need to let you step into this season that you're in with these things that you're prioritizing. So everybody is letting one another do their thing. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to cut these people off or that you can no longer care for them or no longer be friends with them. But it does mean that maybe your friendship is going to evolve a little bit. And I think that's something that's really natural as you get older. Our lives, our careers, where we live, our family dynamics, they all change and shift. And so the different ways that we relate to one another change and shift. And so I think if people are distant or creating distance, let them, if there is still a connection point or something that you can still bond over, it's okay to maintain that. And it's okay if your connection looks different as you evolve. So I would say instead of making it this thing where, well, my friends don't want to evolve with me and I've outgrown them, let them be who they are. Let them be where they're at and you be who you are and you be where you're at and you continue being on your path and doing your thing. You will also continue to make friends who are going to be aligned with where you're at. Or maybe a year or two from now, those friends who weren't feeling what you were doing, maybe maybe their path will take them on a similar journey and they'll be able to relate more and you'll be able to reconnect. But it's going to be really hard to do that if we burn bridges now. So let them be where they're at. Maybe they feel a way about the things that you're doing and that's okay because sometimes when our friends change, it can be a little bit jarring whether the changes are good or bad. If you think about it from their perspective, it's like, okay, well, this is the person that I was friends with and she's not really like this anymore. And it may not even necessarily be that they want to hold you back or don't want you to change, but it could just be, okay, maybe what you had in common is something that you don't have in common anymore. Maybe what they connected with you over, that connection point isn't there. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to recalibrate. But I would let everybody do what they're doing, be where they're at, don't burn a bridge. Again, similar to that first question, it doesn't make you better because you're doing these different things. It doesn't make them worse because they're doing different things. Everybody can be cool doing what they're at. And if there is a point where you're able to reconnect or to strengthen that bond later, great. And if you drift apart, sometimes it's okay to drift apart too. And you can still have a lot of love and respect for friends even after you drift apart if life takes you in different directions or if you have different priorities. If Notion has one true fan, it's me. I'm maybe the biggest Notion fan ever. And ever since I started using it years ago, I became so much more organized. Everything from my business to shopping lists to goals are all streamlined thanks to Notion. And now Notion is even more amazing because it has the power of AI built right inside of the tool, working across your entire workspace, which has helped my productivity so much. Notion combines your notes, docs, and projects into one space that's simple and beautifully designed. I love that I can now use the power of AI right inside Notion across all of my docs and notes without jumping between my work or another tool. Doing all of my work in one app minimizes distraction and really helps me stay focused. 
And the fully integrated Notion AI helps us all work faster, write better, and think bigger, doing tasks that normally take hours in just seconds. Now, because I've been using Notion for so long, I have a pretty big workspace with a lot of files and a lot of information that would take a long time to sift through. So Notion AI really helps me find whatever it is I'm looking for in an instant and is so helpful for writing, generating ideas, and automating tedious tasks. Notion has changed my life and I know it can do the same for you. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash balanced and that's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash balanced to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Again, that's notion.com slash balanced. My goal for 2024 is to be the healthiest, happiest, most moisturized, hydrated version of myself. And this next sponsor has me covered for that last point, which is hydration. Element is a zero sugar electrolyte mix that delivers a meaningful dose of electrolytes free of sugar and other dodgy ingredients found in popular electrolyte and sports drinks. Element is formulated to keep us all hydrated and you don't have to be an Olympic athlete to need hydration support. You may not know this, but electrolyte deficiency or imbalance is really important to avoid. It causes headaches, cramps, fatigue, and brain fog, and just drinking plain water often isn't enough to properly hydrate you, especially if you're active or if you tend to sweat. So for me, whether I'm adding a fruity flavor like citrus salt to my big tumbler of cold water or adding one of their chocolate flavors like chocolate mint to hot water for a treat, Element is literally how I stay on top of my hydration goals and I can't drink water without it. Lately, because it's been so cold, I have been loving making a healthy hot chocolate out of their new chocolate flavors like the chocolate chai and chocolate raspberry for a cozy dose of hydration. Go to drinkelement.com slash balance less to receive a free element sample pack with any order when you purchase through my URL so you can try all the flavors to find your favorite. That's drinklmnt.com slash balanced less. And Element has amazing customer service and is totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you can give it to a friend and request a full refund. No questions asked. Again, to try Element, go to drinkelement, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash balance less to receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you use my link. The next part of your question, you're talking about your making connections, getting into your dream career in filmmaking. You are also still balancing this with a nine to five government job. Tips on how to juggle the two and how to remain sane while doing so. So the remaining sane. Great question. I spent many, many years, over a decade, having full time corporate jobs while either working in wellness, creating content and kind of managing doing all of those things. Was I sane? I mean, debatable. People close to me who knew how cranky I was and how much I struggled may not think so. But I think you just have to do the best that you can with what you have. What I'm about to say is not career advice for everybody. I am not. I am not the career corporate girly who's going to give you the keys for climbing the corporate ladder. So with the context, it sounds like you need to maintain your government job while you're building this career on the side related to filmmaking. What I would do, again, if you get in trouble at work, it's it's not, don't come to me. I would do enough in your day job to keep it going. Do enough to get the marks that you need to get, to meet your expectations, to keep your manager happy. And I would not do any more than that. Do enough to keep it going, to keep your paycheck coming and to stay out of trouble. Not necessarily go above and beyond. That extra energy that you have from not going above and beyond is what you can apply to that creative career that you really want. And I would get really strategic about your time. Something that I wish I would have done better early in my side hustle journey has been a little bit more focused with my side hustle. 
So I would be working at gyms and I would be blogging and I would be creating social media content and I would be podcasting and I would have personal training clients and I would have a corporate job and I'd have social media clients and I was doing way too much. And I wish that I would have spent more time really focusing on the areas of my side hustle that were truly going to move the needle and help me get to where I wanted to be in that part of the career. And I think if I would have been a little bit more focused on that instead of trying to do all of the things, I probably would have been a little bit less burnt out. I would have been a lot less burnt out (laughs) and I would have gotten where I wanted to be sooner. So I think for you, it sounds like if you're in the area of media, filmmaking, acting, I would focus on one project at a time that you think is truly going to be a needle mover for you. So I wouldn't try to create five films at once on the side. I would focus on one film being very strategic with your time, seeing that project all the way through so that you can still have some flexibility in your life to still have room for your job and also your wellness and your life. But it is hard. I think that the side hustle, creative job while on the side of the corporate job, as someone who did it for a long time, I don't think it's meant to be permanent. I do think it is meant to be temporary until you figure out fully what it is that you want to do or until you can get to a level where you can pick your thing and, and you are comfortable in that. So I would see it as temporary, define what those goals are and really focus on one project at a time until you get to where you're going so that you don't burn yourself out. So I hope that helps. Okay, our next question. This one's a little more to the point. (laughs) And this person asks, how do you remain humble with your success? Which I think is a great question. So I don't know if this person Again, there's less context. So I don't know if this person is asking me how I personally remain humble with my success or if they are on coming into their own success and they are concerned about remaining humble. I don't know which context they're asking from. So I will answer both (laughs) and you can take what resonates with you. So first I will say... I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea of being humble. And I think especially when we try to tell black women in particular to be humble, I think that it can have I think that it can do more harm than good, because when I think about being humble, I think about being small. I think about shrinking our light. I think about not living up to our fullest potential to try to make other people feel more comfortable. I think about dimming our greatness so that other people feel better about what they're doing and so that no one else feels threatened by it. I think that that is very different than having humility. So for me, I don't really think much about being humble or needing to be humble, but it is a core value in my life to have humility and to just be a grounded person regardless of what is going on. And I think the thing about success, success can be defined differently, but if we think about career success or attention or money, I think a lot of those things tend to magnify what's already there. I think it tends to magnify who we are. I don't necessarily think it changes you. I think it's going to amplify what was already in your heart. And so for me, core values in my life are having humility, having a sense of gratitude, being grounded, remembering my own humanity, treating other people with respect. Those are all core values that I was raised to have, regardless of whether I'm doing well in my career or whether I'm doing poorly or anywhere in between. And so because those are core values to me, those are things that I'm going to prioritize and carry with me, regardless of how well I'm doing on the outside or on paper. And so that is just really important to me. I also think because I'm I'm just now beginning to hit career strides, like I don't consider myself successful. If I was already successful, I wouldn't be having to work so hard at this successful era because I would already be here. <laughs> I don't feel like I am at a point where I've done anything that's like not worth having humility over. So that's also that is like, I'm just a girl. I put my yoga pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else, y'all. I Like I just said, I'm not treating myself because I'm out here saving money and eating 
soup that I've reheating for three days in a row. So <laughs> I don't think I'm like doing anything that is would make me treat anybody any kind of way. And even if I did have more fame, success, money or whatever, like I said, because those are my core values, it really wouldn't change how I treat people. But I do think that because I have also started to hit strides in my career later on, like I'm currently 34 years old. I'm still not where I want to be. I still don't consider myself that successful, but I'm getting to a point where I'm getting traction. Getting traction when you're in your mid 30s and you've been grinding at something for a decade is very different than getting traction when you're 22 the first time you try something. And so I think it's also easier to have humility when you've had failure, when you've been knocked down, when you've been told no, when you've had major flop eras that (laughs) so far outquantify the success eras it's a lot easier to have that gratitude and to be grounded because you've experienced the other side and you know how much work it took you to get to that point. And so for me, those are just different perspectives that I have as I kind of walk around and navigate this season that I'm in. So it's very easy, I think, to remain grateful because I know first of all, nothing lasts forever. Anything can be taken away. And I know that I can bounce back from anything and recreate something, but it just gives you that perspective when you really put in the time and the effort to go towards something. It makes you appreciate things more. And so I think for other people who are maybe on the cusp of of like their glow up, their come up, and they're worried about that, I recommend you kind of do the same. So what are those core values that you live by? And If humility isn't one of them, like maybe that's something that you can reflect on and take a look at so that you can make sure that you do remain grounded or that you treat people with respect, regardless of who they are or what season that you're in. And also just reflect on your journey so far and those failures that you've had, the wins and the losses, they all kind of work together. And I think if you are looking for an episode that could help kind of inspire some of those thoughts, the Living in Your Purpose episode that I did with Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins last month in December could be a really good kind of (laughs) episode to listen to for that because we talked a lot about that. We're about the same age and we talked a lot about overcoming those hiccups and those career failures and when you hit those strides and what that looks like and what that feels like. So that could be a really great episode to supplement that. But yeah, I mean, I think... I think success amplifies more of who you are. So it's important to know who you are now. And if there are maybe qualities we have that we want to do a little work on, we can always do that. I actually think it's great to do it before we become successful because then success will just amplify the goodness that is there. So yes, I don't like telling people, particularly black women, to be humble. But I think for all of us as human beings, it's very important to have humility, to be grounded and to treat one another with respect, regardless of who we are or how successful we are. So that's the way I like to think about it. Okay, our next question. Do you have any advice on motivating yourself to do the things you need to do, but don't always feel like doing, especially when it comes to things like budgeting, working out, sticking to a bedtime routine, things that will surely make your life better, but aren't always fun? Baby girl. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Not everything is going to be fun, which I hate saying that. Like, I wish... I wish everything was fun. I wish that all of those things did feel good. Not everything is going to feel good all the time. And a lesson that I'm really learning and that is finally getting through to me is to appreciate those things that don't feel good just as much as I appreciate what does feel good because if everything felt good all the time, nothing would feel good all the time. And so doing those things that maybe don't feel good, but are good for us, help us appreciate the things that do feel good. All of those things work together and it's part of what it means to be alive. And so holding that duality of like some stuff is going to be fun and some stuff is not going to be fun, but is necessary is really important. And I think a lot of it is like you get to choose the experience that you want to have because you don't have to do any of it. You don't have to work out at all. You don't have to. But there are consequences to not moving your body and to not prioritizing your health. And the older you get, the more apparent those consequences become. So you have to decide what is more important to you? Do you want a strong, healthy body that's going to have longevity or do you want to skip it? 
And I think about these things all the time when I want to snooze and don't want to work out or don't want to want take a walk is 10 years from now, when I'm in my mid 40s, how do I want to feel? Because how I feel a few years from now is going to be a direct relation to the decision that I'm making right now. How do I want to feel? We don't have to do anything, but we get to choose. Budgeting, you don't have to budget. You can spend it all, do it all. But again, how is that going to feel? Yeah, budgeting and sometimes not spending the money on the things that we want to buy. It's not fun in the moment. It's also not fun to not know how you're going to pay your bills. And I've been there. I've done it all. <laughs> I, I get better about sticking to a budget now because I know what it's like to not stick to a budget and to not have the money to do the things that I want to do because I was doing other stuff with my money. Also not fun. So you got to pick what's more not fun for you. For me, I think it's more not fun to not know how my bills are going to get paid than it is to go through my bank account every couple of days and make sure that everything is accounted for and, you know, sometimes say no to myself if there's things that I want, but I know just aren't in the budget. You have to pick and you get to decide, but whatever you do decide, you kind of got to own that decision. And again, like you can do, you can do whatever you want, but just understand that there's a cause and there is an effect. So if you're good with the effect, then lean into the cause. All right, friend, how is dry January going? Though January is almost over, you may still be considering leaving alcohol in 2023. And if you're going to extend taking a break from alcohol, it helps to have some fun drink options to mix things up with. Trust me, I know as I've been scaling way back on my alcohol consumption for the past few years, sometimes you still want a fun drink even if you aren't consuming alcohol. Whether you're exploring a sober curious lifestyle or you're planning to give up alcohol for the foreseeable future, there are so many reasons why you may not be having alcohol right now, but that doesn't mean you don't still want to have something to drink when you're out with friends or to have a fun drink besides water. So if you're looking for ideas, Heineken 0.0 is an alcohol-free option to the original Heineken you love. It has 100% taste and 0.0% alcohol. So if you're avoiding alcohol, but you still want a festive drink, it could be a good option. You can bring it to parties. You can have it during happy hour or while on a date, or even while you're gathering with friends to watch award shows or the big game. Heineken 0.0 has 100% of the taste with 0.0% alcohol. Click the link in the show notes to buy now. Must be 21 and older to purchase. Please enjoy Heineken responsibly. I know I'm getting older because I now get excited about things like laundry detergent. But for real, I have an amazing laundry detergent that you need to try. And that is EarthBreeze. Now, I know you're thinking, girl, why are you talking about laundry detergent? Well, it's because getting a big, heavy jug of laundry detergent is not fun. It's messy. It's inconvenient. It uses a ton of plastic. And thankfully, EarthBreeze is here to make it easier. They have eco sheets that are so easy to use. So EarthBreeze Eco Sheets look like a dryer sheet, but it's actually ultra concentrated laundry detergent. It's a tiny strip that you throw in the washing machine that dissolves into a super effective soap. I actually got hooked on these when I was traveling last year because they come in a slim cardboard envelope and I was able to just keep them in my suitcase. It was really lightweight and I always had laundry detergent with me. So it was really easy to do my laundry while traveling. But even now living in a small apartment, it takes up no space, which I love. I also have sensitive skin and I can't use many conventional detergents. And I love that EarthBreeze is dermatologist tested. It's hypoallergenic. It's free of bleach and dyes. So it's perfect for the whole family. And you can also subscribe so that you never run out. EarthBreeze is also easier on the planet, eliminating the need for plastic jugs. And if you decide it's not for you, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. Right now, my listeners can get started with EarthBreeze and get 40% off. Go to earthbreeze.com slash balanced less. That's earthbreeze.com slash balanced less for 40% off your subscription. 
The other thing that is super helpful for me when it comes to this idea of motivation, because I don't really believe in motivation. I believe that we embody the characteristics of who we want to be. So when I think about fitness in particular and my fitness journey and something that helped me be consistent at the very beginning of my fitness journey is I remember right after I was in college, I was at the gym one day after work and I was kind of, I didn't really know how to work out yet. I would go to the gym, I would kind of do the elliptical, but I didn't really feel like I was getting in better shape and I wasn't, I just, it wasn't clicking. Fitness wasn't clicking for me yet. And I also wasn't consistent with it yet, but I was in the very beginning stages. And so I was on the elliptical at the gym and I remember looking over to this kind of open area and seeing this other young woman who was around my age working out and she was bad ass. She was doing kettlebell swings. She was doing box jumps. Like she was so strong and she was so athletic and just fit. She knew exactly what she was doing and she just looked so cool. And I was like, oh, I want to be like her. What if I tried tried on that that character like an outfit what if I had my gym version of Sasha Fierce that's my alter ego when I come in here what would she do if I were that girl over there who's doing the box jumps and the kettlebell swings what would she do she would come here consistently so that she could be strong enough to do that she would come here with a plan so that she knew what workout she was going to do and she would kind of have it planned in advance so that she could move throughout the gym. She would feed herself properly so that she could have the energy to do that. And so I started treating it like a Sasha Fierce alter ego character of my gym version of myself. Of She is somebody who goes to the gym every morning before work because it's less crowded and she feels less intimidated. She is somebody who is following a workout plan so that when she comes here three days a week, she knows exactly what she's doing. She's not wandering around. She's not lost. She's not confused. She knows exactly what she needs to do. She is somebody who pushes herself so that she can get strong enough to do those box jumps. And I just treated it like a character. And I pretended to be that character until I got to the point where I became that girl. I became strong enough to do those things. I became consistent enough in my workout routine. And I had to just learn how to pretend to be that person so that when my alarm went off in the morning, even if I didn't want to, even if I didn't have motivation, it didn't matter that I didn't feel motivated because that was the character I was playing because I was that gym girl who does the box jumps and does the thing. And now, 14 years later, I'm still consistent with being active all because for that first few months, I kind of learned how to embody that character. And so I think that that is really helpful when it comes to us doing the things that we don't want to do. Maybe we just can't stand budgeting. Okay, well, I'm going to put on the character of somebody who is really good with money. What does somebody who is really about her money do? She checks her bank account often so that she knows exactly where her money is going. She reads finance books so that she understands exactly how her money works. You know, she talks to her boss about performance and pay often so that she can make sure that she's getting paid what she needs to get paid. Be a character, create your own Sasha Fierce avatar who has those qualities that you want to embody. And when you want to back out of it, then it's time to get into character and say, okay, what would she do? What would my Sasha Fierce do? And step into it. And you do that enough, then you will learn how to be consistent with it. But no one's ever fully motivated. I've been working out consistently for 14 years now, and I'm still not motivated to do it. And I still had to have that pep talk with myself literally this morning before I went to the gym. But the more that you do it, the better it gets. And and again, to my point at the beginning, you get to choose. You get to choose the experience that you want to have. And so choose wisely and, and own it. And also, if you have those times where you don't, that's okay too. If you have those times where you skip your workout, own it. <laughs> And then that time that you're not at the gym, you better be doing something you enjoy and own it. Okay, get that good sleep or whatever it is that you're doing instead. Or if you're going to maybe get outside the budget a little bit, because we have time. I had to all last year. Okay, I no budget. It was just I was wiling out and I had a great time. Okay, I was like, if I'm not going to be on the budget, I'm going to enjoy. So if you're not going to if you're going to take some time off the budget, enjoy it, own it. And then when you're ready, get back into it and keep it pushing. So. I get very passionate about that because I think that motivation is a scam. And I think the longer we look for motivation, the further we're going to be from our goals. It's all about embodiment, embodying those characteristics that we want. Okay, 
Next question. Ooh, this is this is a little long. It's got some good context. So this person says, I recently got fired from my five-year-long position at a tech company for overspending on a work trip. By the time my company confirmed I could attend the trip, most of the company-approved hotels were sold out. The one hotel available price gouged, but I decided to still book because I thought it was my only option. I was also really stressed out at work and didn't think I'd have enough time to confirm with anyone if this was okay. Long story short, my company had a big problem with the spend, and after a month of exchanging explanation emails to our risk manager, they decided to let me go. And they let me go one day after they did a huge company layoff and told me I was technically being terminated and not laid off. My question to you is, if asked, would you disclose this information to potential new employers during an interview or just say you were laid off? Saying I was laid off is technically a lie, but it does feel like since the company was already looking to make cuts, they found a loophole in my situation to avoid giving me the severance I would have deserved. I was a great employee, never ran into issues before, ran an inclusive ERG with no extra pay for the company, and even had talks with my manager about a promotion just the week prior. I'm just not sure what to do when it comes to being honest about this new company. I feel like it will paint the wrong picture about my character. Okay, thank you for that question and for sharing that. And I am so sorry that that happened. That is just a really unfortunate situation. And I'm so sorry that you lost your job. And I really hope that you find a new one soon. First thing I would, the first thing that just came to mind for me is I'm also not sure if you have talked to an employment attorney, but it could be worth doing just to understand the situation. I don't know what state you're in, if you're in an at-will state, but it could be worth talking to an employment attorney just to see what your options are and if there is any grounds for wrongful termination there. That's one thought. The second thought, while you are in the market looking for other jobs, when we are looking for jobs or we're trying to get a new job, I want you to think of yourself as a marketer and you as the potential employee are the product, right? You are trying to market to these companies why they should hire you. And sometimes in marketing, we don't necessarily need to give every detail. We need to give the details they need to know to make us be the most attractive product. I do not want to encourage you to be dishonest, but I do not necessarily think that you need to go into all of that detail with a potential employer who is considering hiring you. Not lying, but not including that much information. All of my time in corporate America I err on the side of saying less, no pun intended. I actually hate puns about my name, about like less, say less, less is more. And they're trying to be funny. Anyway, say less. I don't think that you necessarily need to tell that whole story to any potential job that is hiring you because it's not going to make you seem like the most appealing product. And you are marketing yourself like a product to these companies, right? I don't think you need to go into that much detail about your termination with that other company as you are seeking out new companies. And I think you even asking the question shows a lot about your character. You know that you're an honest person and that you have good character, but you also got to know what to share and what not to share to get to where you need to get. And I don't necessarily think that there is harm done in not sharing all of those details with a potential employer while you are going through the hiring process. So as you're going through that process of being hired in a new position, think about the ways that you are marketing yourself. Is telling that story while you're being hired a good way to market yourself? I don't necessarily think that it is. I don't necessarily think that it is. So I would not go into that much detail unless you were explicitly asked. I would not volunteer that much information about why you are no longer at that previous company. And I think particularly for us as black women in corporate spaces, saying less is just really, really important because unfortunately, people are more likely to use information against us. And so I think you have to be very, very discerning about what you share and who you share it with. Now, we also can't be 
stone silent because they also love to say that we're standoffish and that we're not a team player. There is like this sweet spot in the corporate space where you get other people talking and you ask other people questions and you get other people talking about what they did over the weekend so that they feel chummy and buddy buddy and they they pal up and they think that you're work besties. You get other people talking sharing less about your life, what's going on and what's happening with you so that they feel connected to you, but so that they don't have information that they can use against you. And it is a dance and it is a really delicate dance. And I'm sorry that we have to do the dance and I hate that we have to do the dance. Unfortunately, it is a game that we play. And so I think really learning that dance of openness so that people feel connected with you, but keeping more things to yourself so that it's less information that people can use against you is going to be really, really important as you navigate your career. Again, I'm not telling you to be dishonest. I'm telling you to be incredibly discerning about what you share about yourself and who you share it with, because we don't necessarily have the luxury to just be an open book and to share everything and cry and do all these things that some of our coworkers get to do. And I hate it but it is the truth. I also think that there's really, really valuable learning here with the initial situation that happened at your previous company and the importance of getting things in writing. So I think that there is a really valuable learning here and I could understand why you booked the hotel and like all of that makes sense. And I think moving forward, if a situation like that were to arise again, we always have to take the time to get permission and to get permission in writing to cover our tracks when we have those things happen. Again, the same way we don't necessarily get to show up in certain ways, we also sometimes don't get to break the rules the same way other people do. And so making sure that first and foremost, you are covered and protected, even if it takes longer to get that approval, getting it and getting it in writing and always having everything in writing, again, is going to be so important for you as you navigate your career. So I'm not trying to get preachy, but I've spent a lot of time in corporate. I've also gotten in trouble in corporate. I've, I've had all, <laughs> I've, I've seen it all. And I think it's really, really important that you understand how to discern what to share, when to share it, and when to get those things in writing to cover and protect yourself. Because unfortunately, in a lot of these workspaces, we are kind of going to be the ones to only protect ourselves. And we are not necessarily going to get that support or that protection from others. So I would focus on making yourself the best possible candidate, marketing yourself as the best possible candidate you can be as you seek out new jobs, not sharing unnecessary information and being super discerning about what you shared during the hiring process, as well as when you are in your job to protect yourself and to protect your best interests. So that is what I would say. Good luck. I hope you find something soon and I hope that everything works out okay. Thank you so much for submitting that question. Okay, so we have one last question. I also, I love how much context y'all were giving for these questions this time. It is super, super helpful. So this person said, I've been loving your successful era content. It inspired me to kick things into high gear and prioritize my wellness and well-being this year. I've started getting seven hours of sleep, taking my vitamins, doing morning stretches, having a nutritious breakfast every day, working out, getting weekly massages and cooking all of my meals at home. Dang, girl, you killing it. You're doing better than me. That's great. I feel great physically. I've been sustaining my momentum pretty well, but between my full-time day job, my part-time remote job, and my new morning and evening wellness routines, I'm finding it hard to make time to just chill out and be mindless for an hour or two before bed. By the time I'm done working my part-time job in the evening, working out, cooking, showering, and preparing for the next day, it's already 10.30 p.m. and I gotta get into bed so I get my seven hours of sleep. See the dilemma? I also just moved to London two months ago, so implementing this new routine has been easier than ever because I don't have my friends, boyfriend, or family around to distract me from my wellness routines. But because of my new wellness routine, I'm also finding it hard to carve out time to meet new people and make new friends because I got to go home, do the entire routine and still be in bed by 1030. So my question is, how on earth do the wellness girlies balance a social life while prioritizing their wellness? And how can I do the same? 
Also, where do you draw the line of doing enough to prioritize and achieve your goals versus doing too much? And how do you identify when you've stepped into the doing too much category? So this is a fantastic question. This is this is truly the ultimate wellness girly dilemma. So I really appreciate this question. And I think ultimately it comes down to being okay, being flexible and not looking at it as all or nothing. I spent a lot of my 20s being very all or nothing, being very strict. And I wish that I would have given myself a little bit more flexibility at that time. And I think now I'm doing a much better job of being more flexible. And I think as long as you have kind of an 80, 20, even maybe 70, 30, depending on the week where you're doing your wellnessy routines most of the time, but you're also still nourishing your spirit with what you enjoy, that is okay. So it sounds like you've got a really great evening routine. And if let's say in a five day work week, you do that routine three to four days out of the week and then one to two days a week, you you maybe allow yourself a little bit more flexibility in your routine to stay up a little bit later or do different events or go out with friends. I think that's okay. Like nobody is, you know, saying you have to do this 100% of the time. I think that the two things work together really beautifully. Yes, you do need to take care of your body. Like you do need to sleep. It is important to move. It is important to nourish yourself. It is important to eat good food. And spending time with your people and doing things that you enjoy is also great. You can never have too much of one or the other before it starts to get really old. Because when you're only doing the wellness girly routines, like what good is optimal health if you're not spending time with people that you enjoy or if you're not having fun to enjoy that health? But also if you're doing all fun and not handling your business, that also gets old quick. You get burnt out. You have no energy. You have, you're not able to be present because you're tired and sluggish. And so for me, it's a constant dance of I'm doing these things to take care of myself. And I'm also doing these things so that when I am with my people and when I am having fun, I can show up and I can be energized and I can be present for the fun. So it's okay to have a few days a week where you are focused more on your routines and you're in bed a little bit earlier. And then it's also okay to have a few days a week where maybe you stay up a little bit later and you don't do your full routine and that's okay. And then the next day you get right back into it and you do the best that you can. But I think that... There's no good in having optimal health if we don't ever have fun and if we don't ever enjoy ourselves. And so it's all about figuring out what that dance is for you. For me, it usually looks like three to four nights a week. I'm at home. I'm doing my wellness girly routines and it's great. Maybe once or twice during the week, I'm going out with friends and I am or going on a date or I'm going to an event and I'm maybe going to be up a little bit later. And that is a good balance for me you can kind of decide what works well for you. I will also say that your wellness and successful routines don't have to be mutually exclusive with being social and with having fun. And actually, when I learned how to integrate the two, I feel like my life became a lot richer. My friendships became a lot stronger. Doing things like working out with your friends. Can you take a workout class together with a new friend? Or if you have work that you're doing, can you meet up with a friend and work from a coffee shop or co-work together? These are things that I do with my friends. Like every week I'll meet up with someone for a workout or I'll meet up with somebody at the co-working space and we'll just get some work done together. It is absolutely also possible to spend time with your people in ways that are fun and engaging and also work on those things to better yourself too. And I think the more we learn how to integrate those things, I think the better we feel because when we're only focused on self-improvement through isolation, that's kind of where we get into those first couple of questions where we feel like, okay, my friends are not vibing with this. I feel so disconnected. If we learn how to connect it from the beginning and include people and integrate and use that time to better ourselves and be social and let it all marry together, that's when it feels like it's less of a juggle. That's when it feels like it's less of a grind. And that's when you feel like you're just living and you're including your people in what you're doing. Now, the last part of the question about how do I know when I'm doing too much? Also a great question because I've also been at the point when I'm doing too much. And I I touched on this a little bit when I talked about what is optimal health if you're not enjoying your life, right? 
the other day, speaking of co-working, I was co-working with my friend and we were talking about this like random guy on social media who just has this wild, wild lifestyle where he only eats super clean. He goes to bed at like 6 p.m. He just does not do anything outside of this very strict optimal health routine. And it's like, what is the point of optimal health if you never deviate, if you never enjoy a meal with the people you love, if you never take a trip, if you don't stay up past six o'clock and have like a, a beautiful dinner with your partner? Like those are the things that kind of show us what it's like to be alive, those experiences. And so it's like, yes, I want to take care of my health so that I can be around to enjoy those experiences. And so it's hard to say exactly what doing too much is because I think that that can be different for every person. But I think that those two things, the wellnessy routines that we do and the things that we enjoy have to they have to support one another. And I think when they begin to feel really disconnected, then you want to look for ways to find a bit more integration and you want to look for some ways that you can support both simultaneously. But I think having kind of an 80-20 or even 70-30 lifestyle where you're doing the wellnessy stuff most of the time, but you're still allowing yourself space and grace and flexibility to enjoy yourself is, I think, kind of what it means to be alive. Like, I don't know. I don't want to feel like a hamster on a wheel doing the same thing every day. (laughs) And so sometimes it helps to have that consistency. And we also got to know when to to mix it up as well. And so you get to be the judge and discern that. And it's a dance and it's constantly going to change as your life changes. But I would allow yourself the flexibility to to shift what you think wellness looks like to incorporate some elements that are more enjoyable for you. So I hope that helps. But like I said, you're killing it. I mean, you're doing better than me. So so I think you're doing pretty well. So thank you so much for submitting your questions. That is going to wrap it up for our Successful Era Q&A. I really appreciate y'all tuning in, sharing what's going on in your successful eras with me. I am rooting for you. I think we're all gonna have an amazing 2024, even if it got off to a little bit of a weird start. Um, And you can always make a different choice. You can always choose to be who you want to be. You can always pivot. You can always switch direction. You can do it. I believe in you. So go out and embody whatever it is that you want to embody. So next month is going to be February. And in February, we are going to be talking more about friendships. So we have some amazing episodes touching on different areas of friendships and the different ways that friendship impacts our lives and our wellness. I know in the past when we've done friendship related episodes, y'all loved it. So I'm really excited to bring you a month of friendship content. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube. Please leave a rating and review if you have not yet already and you enjoy the show because we're five-star girlies. So if you've had a five-star experience, please let me know and I will see you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.